This is Highway to the Phantom Zone. Find us on Twitter at HTTPZPodcast. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with the latest reviews, interviews, and discussions from Highway to the Phantom Zone. Okay, so I'll um, go ahead and get this podcast party started. Can you both go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Uh, Kit, why don't, we go, why don't we go ahead? Sure. Uh, I'm Kit Steinkelner, and I am the writer of Kinsey. And Sebastian? Uh, yeah, I'm Sebastian Kedlicic, and I'm the creator of Kinsey. Now, Sebastian, could you uh, briefly describe the book and what uh, readers could expect? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Kinsey is a story of a young girl named Lupe who is kind of your average teenage girl going through your average teenage stuff. Um, she's really looking forward to her upcoming quinceanera. Um, but what ends up happening is she gets superpowers in the middle of her party, and this turns her world upside down. Um, it was completely unexpected, and now she needs to figure out kind of how to use the powers and then also decide uh, in what way she's going to use the powers. Um, and she's helped by her abuela, who has some secrets of her own. Um, who lets her know that she'll only have these special magical abilities while she is 15. So there's sort of a um, whole thing of, like, if you only have something for a limited amount of time, how do you plan on using it? Um, It's a really fun book, and um, uh, I know we're all really excited about it. It kind of goes back to early Spider-Man stuff, where uh, it's a high schooler dealing with this incredible responsibility, if you will, and also mm-hmm. dealing with uh, the day-to-day of living and being a teenager and your emotions being crazy and your family being crazy and having to do schoolwork and kind of balancing all of that and trying to be good while at the same time, uh, like all of us, being a little selfish. And how did you two uh, come to work together on this book? Uh, Kit, did you want to take that? Oh, I'll take it, Sure. Um, yeah, well, Sebastian and I knew each other uh, uh, through theater stuff because we both wear a bunch of hats. Um, and we, we just did kind of like weird underground theater in L.A. And um, and also, but Sebastian was also doing uh, comics at the time. He does Penguins versus Possums, which just uh, wrapped up, um, like, I think, what, Sebastian, like a week or two ago? Like, really, really recently, right? Yeah, yeah, just last month we put our final issue out, so. Yeah. So you you were doing that, and then um, my sister Emma, who illustrates Kinsey, and I uh, had a webcomic we were doing, um, and just like a, a passion project. And we just kind of, Sebastian and I, in addition to being theater friends, became, uh, I guess, comic friends. And uh, and then, uh, I guess, maybe a year and a half ago, maybe longer, uh, Sebastian sent Emma and I an email basically pitching Kinsey and saying he, you know, this is his idea, and he was really excited about it, and he saw me writing and, and Emma illustrating and us working as a team together on it and asked if we would be into it. And we were so into it. It was, uh, I, I keep saying this, but it's like just the best email I've ever gotten. I, I read this email and I got so excited and I just saw it right away. And I was so honored to um, be brought aboard and kind of everything since then has been kind of, uh, it's been really smooth sailing it's been i think i think we're a great team i think sebastian and i are, are a great team I think fan base is a great home for us um we love barbara and bryant who run uh fan base and, and sebastian to work with them before and penguins versus possums but um 
it's just everything's been I think we were joking really recently like the one thing we kind of like that kind of like stumped us a little bit for a while was um Lupe's costume her superhero costume was the one thing we like kind of like went back and forth on a lot and like hemmed and hawed but everything else has been pretty straightforward and I think it's a testament to the um yeah, like the the chemistry of the group and the and the support of the team. So it's been a total blast and a joy to work on. Now, whose idea was it to do the book both in Spanish and in English? Um, that came from a conversation with Fanbase Press. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we've been kind of brainstorming some ideas uh, for the project, and at a certain point. I mean, we always knew we wanted there to be, um, like even in the English version, there is a lot of Spanish in the comic. But the, um, the conversation came up about, you know, people that don't speak Spanish and, you know, talking about uh, vocabulary. And just, uh, there was just a larger conversation about uh, inclusivity. And um, that kind of went to uh, fan base saying, well, what if, you know, we put out both an English and a Spanish version at the same time? Um, so it's, that's that's kind of where it came from. Was there was this larger conversation that resulted in the best way to go forward would be to be as inclusive as possible. And um, since this is based on um, the Latino culture and and um, you know it's a very specific thing, that to, to kind of I guess honor that and to be as uh, as inclusive as possible. Mm. And what? Uh, is your back is both of your backgrounds with uh, quinceañeras? I um, I'll go first. <laughs> um, yeah, my, yeah, you might be the <laughs> only one going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a Hispanic background, and um, but as a as a kid, I didn't go to uh, uh, quinceañeras. Like I really didn't experience them until an, as an adult, um, and. My wife is also Latina, so there were a couple that we went to. That's actually sort of where the idea for this started as well. Is um, we had been to a couple almost back to back, like, um, and they're you know quite an experience. And when I was when I was fifteen, I just wanted to like disappear and have nobody notice me or anything. And uh, a quinceanera is all about you know the the girl on that day like that's the everybody's eyes are on her and I just really felt like man this is like the perfect and worst moment for somebody to get superpowers where you just want this one day to go perfectly and you get to be the star and you get to have your your perfect dream moment and then you know something happens that's completely out of your control that was totally unexpected and um, there's no way of really sneaking away from that because it's your day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having been to Quinceañeras, that was also, a, of course, an inspiration for uh, the setting of this story. Yeah. I, I have been to a Quinceañera. I've been to one. So I, it was a while ago. But um, I mean, I think it, it's, it's nice because it, it brings up the opportunity to talk about, um, I think, how our collaboration works, which is, you know, this really, um, in so many ways, uh, you know, culturally, this this is Sebastian's story, and this is his brainchild, and he is the creator. And um, it's not it's not an idea, I think, or, or, or a story. I feel like I would um, have the right to tell on my own, or, or Emma would 
Felix, she had the right to tell. We're both pretty sensitive about, you know, kind of uh, the, uh, yeah, the, 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 the politics and sensitivity of who gets to tell what kind of stories. But the nice thing is uh, in getting to collaborate, um, and, and, you know, part of what Sebastian, I think, I think in our early conversations we were talking about is he really, uh, he thought about writing it initially or maybe writing, illustrating it, but then ultimately really wanted someone who had like had that lived experience of being a teenage girl and being like uh, an awkward, insecure, like messed up teenage girl. And I have spades and spades of experience in that. So like, and that's where, that's where it's, it really feels like um, uh, the collaboration really, really works is because we're, we're able to bring these really honest autobiographical elements to the story. And I, you know, with, with hope, uh, if it feels genuine and authentic and, 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 and honest and grounded, it's because we're all bringing those aspects of ourselves. Um, and, um, and I don't think we could have done it alone, which is why it's so exciting to, to get to do it together and tell the story. Totally. And what aspects of yourself, what aspects of yourself, Kit, do you feel like you bring to this, to this book? Well, it's so funny. I like. It took me a while to realize. I mean, it's 15 issues, and I just finished issue 11. But I think around eight or nine, I just realized that like this character is just like, uh, like the funniest, crankiest version of me. <laughs> like, and I kind of thought I was writing myself as a teenager, but I'm like, no, I think I'm still funny and cranky in the same ways that I was like 15 years ago. <laughs> but like, um, but I mean, in that respect, like. This character, and, and you know what's so funny is I told Emma, who illustrates it, and, em, and Emma feels like she's just illustrating a version of herself. It's not against, it's not, you know, it isn't her, but it's a version of her. So we both kind of really felt like we were bringing these autobiographical elements. So, so in, in, in our leading lady, absolutely, I think we're both pouring ourselves into her. Um, but uh, I mean, just in terms of bigger stuff, um, uh, I, I work as a TV writer now, um, and, and inclusivity is really important to me. Before that, I worked as a, as a journalist, and I really uh, dealt with um, in in my work, um, both reporting and, and, and uh, personal essays, uh, you know, issues of, of uh, gender and, and intersectional feminism and inclusivity. So these issues have always been really, really important to me, um, uh, and I really believe that the that diversity in storytelling isn't just, you know, uh, a, a great for expanding the, the field of, of who gets to be a hero and who gets to have their story told. It also make, makes for um, more exciting, more original stories because they're stories you haven't heard. Um, so I'm a big believer in um, kind of our, our, our mission statement too. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I, I think it's the case of any writer. It's like there are places in Kinsey where I can, I definitely know what's autobiographical and what's intentional. I'm sure there's things that I don't even realize I'm like working out through this comic book. Um, but it's, um, but it has been one of the great joys of, of, of my writing life um, working on, on Kinsey. I, I, I can't, I can't um, reiterate how much I love this project and how much I've loved working on this team. And with it coming out now, how do you see uh, the, the current culture as it stands now? As um, do you think it's, it's it's more important for this book to come out now, or is it just as important for this book to come out now? Uh, Sebastian, do you, I, I, I can go, or you can go, or whoever wants to go can go. 
I, I mean, I think we have probably similar answers, but I, I mean, I just, I think it is so incredibly important for it to come out right now. I mean, we wanted to tell the story one way or another, and, um, you know, like, like Kit had mentioned, it's been in the works for a while. Um, so it's not necessarily a response to today's climate, but the timing probably couldn't have been better because I do think it's a story that people need to see. And, um, you know, I want people to see themselves reflected in this story. And, um, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's such a it's such a big thing to tackle, but I, I, I do think it's so important for it to come out right now. And I hope that... Um, it's received that way. Kit, sorry, do you want to? No, I mean, I, I, I co-sign everything you said. I completely concur. And, and I guess the, the thing that I would add is, um, I, I mean, I, 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 I get pretty irked with um, sort of the disparaging talk about identity politics. It's because uh, um, uh, there can just be some. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very divisive issue. But I, I, I really bristle at the idea that, um, that. In art telling, uh, you know, having a mind towards diversity or inclusivity is any kind of chore at all. It's not. It's a privilege. It's the biggest privilege to tell um, the deserving original stories. Um, and so, and, and I think that's the thing that I would I would add is that it's it's a huge privilege to tell a story. And also, I I, I think the story is so fun. Like it doesn't feel. I mean, like it's like it's. It, uh, yes, I think it's important and has gravitas and is is timely and necessary and I'm, and I'm so proud of all that but I'm also proud of how funny it is and how romantic it is and how exciting it is and, and what a you know great yarn it is and that's and that's all of us really having worked so hard and, and working together to try to create the most uh, dynamic worthy story possible I mean it's it's something I, I, I have a lot of like stress about it's like I get mad at boring things like and so I, I just like would be so horrified if anything I did was ever like boring so and I really think we've done something incredibly exciting both in both in the political sense and in and, and artistically and in entertainment sense I, th- I think it's exciting across the board so and for both of you um like, like what um what sort of research did you do in creating this book Um, I, I can start, and then Sebastian. If, if I, I mean, I, I will say for this, um, I think it was going back to all of my slash our favorite, um, uh, I guess, magical and genre coming of age stories, things like Buffy and Harry Potter, and of course Spider Man, um, where it's a teenager who's, um, you know, has you know magical abilities or super abilities. And um, but it's all still also very much working through you know growing up and what does it mean to and like you know so all the magic and superhero stuff really does work as a metaphor for growing up and figuring out how to be the person you're supposed to be. So um, in terms of of, of the research um, uh, story wise, I think it's just really kind of going back to the classics and and the greats and trying to you know see what they did right and and um, and then spin it off in our own way. Um, that, that's, that's what I would say for research. What about you, Sebastian? Yeah, I think that's totally right. I, um, I think those were all definite inspirations. And, and I think in that, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, but um, just the, those early comics of, you know, Spider-Man and, uh, and et cetera, and it's totally still uh, there in Harry Potter and these other magical stories where, um, yeah, there's the teenager 
trying to balance their lives. I mean, our, our looking back to when I was that age, you know, it is the perfect metaphor because you're everything's changing and you're trying to get a grasp on things and everything seems exciting and cool and out of control and horrifying and there's just so much drama. Everything is so dramatic when you're that age and rightfully so because everything is new and everything is definitely the biggest thing that's ever happened to you before. Um, so I guess just tapping into those those previous stories and previous examples and, and um, trying to do something that is in that vein um, and that's true and honest. Um, beyond that, I mean, as far as the the cultural stuff, I mean, that's my culture and my my family's culture. So that that's stuff that's pretty readily available, I suppose. Um, yeah, and I'll, and then, I'll yeah, very thanks, often thanks. script. Oh, I'm sorry, go go for it. Oh no, I, I was just gonna to send it back to you actually, and just say that like that it was so important to me to have um, a woman's voice on it, you know, and I'm so glad that. That uh, you and, and Emma got on board. That's all. Yeah, yeah, no, vice versa. And and and, and I was gonna say, and and and, and you know, throw it back to you for a second. I I was gonna say, uh, very often in the script, I'll um, I'll know we need something specific culturally, and I won't have the answer, and I don't want to, you know, like really. I mean, I'll, I'll basically just like leave a blank space and like just ask a question in parentheses. I'll be like, Sebastian, like, what do you think would go right here? Like, whether it's um. <laughs> whether it's dialogue or whether it's just like a specific um, and, and, and it's just, and it's just really like, I think covering each other's blind spots and, and, um, and working together to create the, the strongest, truest, best version of this. Totally. And for both of you, uh, Sebastian, to start, what um, was the most difficult part in putting this book together? Um. I, th- I think I got over the most difficult part as soon as I asked Emma and Kit to come on board. Because really, for me, the most difficult part was getting it going. I, I mean, I didn't. Um, I had the idea rattling around in my head for a little while, and I kind of put a few ideas and stuff to paper. Um, but I feel like the, the the biggest part for me was just acknowledging I needed to reach out and put myself out there and ask uh, two people that I admired if they would be willing to work on this story and go on this journey with me. And, and uh, really, once I got past that, it was all smooth sailing, I have to be honest. Like it, and my, my promise to them was that it would be seen one way or another. You know, whether I, I, I said I would pitch it to, you know, publishers and the first person, I, first uh, ones I went to was Sandbase. But I said, no matter what, it's going to get out there. If I have to self-publish it, if I have to put the money in, no matter what, it's going to get out there. Um, but Sandbase was on board right away. Um, Kit and Emma were on board right away and sent me back my favorite email, which is when they said yes. So for <laughs> me, honestly, just reaching out was the scariest part of it. And then after that, it's all been gravy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a very straightforward and and um, easy process by and large. I mean, I feel like the difficult stuff is that I'm not involved in, which is like, like formatting and like compressing files and like there's just like stuff like that. Like I'm I'm cc'd on the emails, but like I don't know what's going on. So it might not be fair for me to cite that because it's like it seems complicated, but I'm or like or like uh, annoying, but I'm not even the one having to like deal with it. But um, uh, no, I mean it's it's been I, I will say um, uh, so I I the, the way it sort of works is um because it's 15 issues and then we're gonna compile it. 
I was about coming out of, I don't know when this podcast airs, but um, uh, we're recording on the 8th and then um, our first issue comes out January 15th, which is really exciting. But um, but I'm, I'm, I just wrote issue 11 and I have basically every month I have to write a new issue. Um, and I always get really nervous right before I have to write it. I'm like, oh, what if this is a time where I completely like, just, like do a bad job and like lose the voice and just like do whatever. And then I always go back in and it's like, I mean, it takes a few drafts and like, you know, I get notes and feedback and whatnot. But it's it's always, I think it's the starting that the, uh, each new section, I, I get I get really nervous and think I'm, like this is a time where it's all going to fall apart and it hasn't yet. So knock on wood. I have like four more issues to go. Hopefully, I won't just like just like blow up on issue fourteen. I think it's gonna be okay. I've got it. There's an outline. There's an outline we're working from, so we actually know where we're going. Um, but I, I, I get I get nervous starting each new issue. But you said that there were difficulties in coming up with the costume. Was that something? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that yeah. lasted it, a while. It wasn't even difficult. Well, it was, but it wasn't. Like it wasn't, no one was fighting about it. It was more that Emma had uh, designed like some really interesting ideas because it was part of um, uh, what was so important for us for the costume was, you know, Lupe is like, uh, you know, she's like she's a, a little chubby and and it's and 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 she doesn't look like you know Buffy or Supergirl, and we really didn't want to put her in, you know. A tiny skirt and and high boots, and like we really wanted the costume to feel like a thing that was practical, but like also adorable that she would feel comfortable, you know, superheroing in. And and also, I kind of have like, and you know, it's, this is kind of like big dreams, but I wanted it to be the kind of thing that like girls that maybe feel like a little weird about their bodies would feel awesome um, walking around Comic Con in. You know what I mean? So. So it was like something that just like you would feel cute and awesome in, and 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 wouldn't make you feel you know insecure and weird about your size, I guess. Um, so so it was just kind of there's a bunch of designs we were just kind of figuring out and kind of back and forth thing, and not even it didn't even go on that long. It was just and it wasn't even like at all like uh, there was no fighting per se. It was just trying to figure out like I think we said it had such high hopes for like what this costume represented. It's like this is not. Yeah. you know, a tiny little CW actress, you know, in a tiny little costume. This is like, I I hate to say like, quote unquote, real girl talk about like anyone over a size six, but like just a girl with a different kind of body that you don't, I mean, it's not that it's never been seen in comics, but like that you just really do not see very often in the world of, of superheroing and just what kind of costume would she feel awesome and super comfortable in? Yeah. And, and, and by the way, uh, I think another, the costume we came up yeah. with is, 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 is sorry, I just, I just, the costume came up is also a costume, like, I think, regardless of size, anyone would feel comfortable in, because, like, just tiny skirts and spanks and, like, like high-heeled boots just don't seem that comfortable, <laughs> like, <laughs> as a general rule. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, Go ahead, Sebastian, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, it's really an awesome costume. I think it was important as well just to have such an iconic costume that, as Kit mentioned, you can feel comfortable in, that makes sense, that, that Lupe would, would wear and put together. And it was just, like, once you do the costume, it's like, that's the superhero. So it was, Emma had given us several really cool uh, sketches, and then we kind of just tinkered with them and went in different directions and until so we found the thing that we were all, like, that's it. You know, we had our, 
our awesome moment about. And I'm I'm really in love with the costume. Like I, it's something that I don't think I am, could have imagined originally, and it's so unique and it's so cool, and I absolutely love it. So I'm looking forward to. I, I'm with you, kid. I have high hopes too that one day we'll see somebody dressed like that at a convention. Oh well, I think it's going to be me and Emma. I think we're we're going to like figure out a way to like make those costumes because I really want one. Awesome. Like to sleep in. I just, I just, I just like really like it's like I think it is equal parts like so functional. Like I I, I always think of um uh uh you know the scene in Incredible in the Incredibles where they're getting their costumes redesigned and like you know they're getting a talking to you about like what's practical and what's new, whatever. And I, I think this is like yeah. in a, in a, like, if you don't have, um, Ms. Mode, you know, design your costumes. If you have like, it's you and your abuela and like, you know, fabric, I think this is like, like, you know, not state of the art, like fireproof, whatever. I think this is like the best possible version of like what you could actually maybe make at home. If you have like basic sewing skills, I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Now, now you said that um, the costume is the superhero. So, Sebastian, I'm wondering. Um, it's a question for both of you, though. But how much did the costume then ultimately inspire the rest of the book when you're writing it and creating it and putting it together? Oh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Kit, you would be a better person to answer this, but I, but it's sort of was on its trajectory. Um, the costume, for me, it personally just made me fall even more in love with the story. But as far as how the costume affected going forward, I mean, there's some really cool stuff um, right after in the comic she's revealed and we see her costume. There's some really cool stuff as far as how people react. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too much away, but um, there right. is some cool stuff in the story where, where people... Uh, because we do live in a social media world where, where people do react to seeing her. Um, so I guess in that way, maybe. No, I totally agree. And, and I guess if, if I were going to add anything, I would say um, it's just, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're working in a very visual medium and, and visuals are important and they count and they have to really stand for something. I think what the costume represents is sort of what the entire book represents, which is, this is absolutely, you know, like a, a, a fantasy. And I think the costume is like, a, it's so fun in a fantasy costume, but it also is very much like it's grounded in a real world where, um, you know, uh, we're, I mean, and we really, every step of the way we tried to really think through, what would it really be like to, to be um, actually a teenager who leading one life is so complicated and overwhelming, like leading a, a double life and, and, the, and the, you know, the other half of your life is, you know, uh, just so high stakes and, and, and uh, yeah, high stakes in life or death, um, even though their teenage life already, already felt high stakes in life and death. Um, I think, I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but, but I just get to bring it back. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the costume really represents kind of, all of all of that, all of you know, it's uh, uh, the both the the fantasy and the reality of the series. And I think it's so important to us to always have fantasy and reality negotiating with each other and, and knocking heads. I think that's kind of the fun of the series because it's kind of you know it's no fun to have. 
I mean, I know it could be, I guess, but like, I think with this, it wouldn't have been fun to have her superhero life be super duper easy and powers, just no sweat and everything's just glamorous and great. I think it's just the fun comes from having all the super stuff, making her life even more complicated and aggravating and, 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 and difficult. So I think, I think that's, that's my long answer to your short question. <laughs> Sorry, can I just give one more thing? I I just wanted to give Emma some kudos as well because it goes along with what Kit was just saying as far as that fantasy and that reality. Um, I think that was such a great point, Kit, as far as the, the costume represents that as well. And I, in a larger sense, I think Emma's uh, illustration style is um, is perfect for doing that as well. Like there's a sort of whimsicalness to it, but there's this groundedness to it and and emma has talked before about you know she's obviously done comic stuff before but not doing superhero stuff and i think that really works to all of our favor in this case because it's not everybody's you know super ripped and super skinny and super whatever like they look like and feel like real people and that was something that actually um also drew me to kit and emma was seeing their work on aces where it was set in a high school and it was a diverse cast and it was just, it was like real people um, living. And, and I think that, um, you know, turning back to the costume and stuff, like Emma's style is so perfect for, um, and another reason we're all just on the same page with this project, but like it does, everything is balanced that sort of, uh, as, as kids said, the fantasy and the reality is, is there. And uh, anyway, I just, I know Emma's not here and I just wanted to get her some, uh, some well-deserved credit on on her illustration. Yeah, I'll I'll add to that so quickly because because Emma's not here, so we have to because so she so she can't pat herself on the back, so we have to pat her <laughs> on the back in absentia. Um, no, I mean she just does like a remarkable job. It's really really exciting. Um, and, and I mean Sebastian, I think you summed it up so well. But I guess the only thing I'll say is um, I'm I'm always with every issue I turn to you guys. I'm always really well, first of all, just trying to impress both of you. I just like want you to still think I'm cool. Um, so I'm trying to like you know, like ma- maintain like th- that. Um, and and also I really I really try to um because you know the, the the truth is it just takes longer to do the art than it does the script. Even though I, I take my time with the script and I'm careful and thoughtful about it, it's just like the art just takes longer. I know it's going to take a long time for her, and so I really try to um write in things that are going to be really, really fun for her to draw. Um, uh, so, and, she, and, she, and, and she always does like, I, I, I can't even like, like, I think I know what it's going to be and I see what she comes back with. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's like a hundred times better than anything I would have thought of because that is how her brain works. And she is an artist and I am not. Um, but yeah, I wish, I wish she was here, but she's actually, she's doing an, uh, an art class for work right now. It's like a weekend, uh, uh, um, digital painting class, so she's learning stuff. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, and another question, uh, sort of uh, something a little more silly, but what um, superhero would you like to throw a uh, quinceanera for, and, and why? <laughs> uh, you can go ahead, Kate or Sebastian. Sure. <laughs> uh, Sebastian can go for it. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm stuck. I'm trying to. That's a good. I've never thought about that before. Um. 
Oh, well, man. And, uh, while you're thinking, Sebastian, I, what I will say is I think it's sort of that question kind of illustrates the need for the comic is it's pretty <laughs> hard to think of a young Latina superhero, and that is who would have a quinceanera. Like, it's sort of, yeah. um, uh, it, like, it's, it's you know, a quinceanera is a very culturally specific thing. Um, By the way, I don't know, it'd be kind of hard to figure out who's for, like, a bar or bat mitzvah for. Like, it's, you know, when you start to really yeah. think in these terms, you realize, like, there's just... I mean, you know, Marvel and DC are huge universes, and there are, like, sort of, you know, smaller superheroes, and I'm not literate about everything, but it's just, like, it's really, you know, there are, it's it's unfortunate that there are so uh, few superheroes of color or just superheroes that aren't, you know, white, straight, able-bodied, you know, everything we've thought of as, you know, superhero for the last, I don't know, like, when did Superman come out? It's like, like yeah, thirty eight pre World War Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I mean, if if we could just like uh, stretch it to like who we'd throw like that big a party for, like, because I can't think of uh, like off the top of my yeah. head, and this might just be my comic literacy, like or, or semi literacy. I can't think of anybody uh, a young Latina, but um, I mean, I don't know. We talk about Buffy. I think I think it'd be fun to throw like the Scooby Gang like a big old party. Like they work hard. They deserve a big party. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I, 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 uh, I similarly. I, I think that that'd be awesome. I'd love to be at that party. Oh, I'd love to be at that party. Can you, can you imagine like, the, like the the part, like the anecdotes and like like the, the small talk at that party? That'd be great. <laughs> well, uh, I think yeah, the I think the only one I can think was, of. Oh, go for it. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say the only character I could think of would be America Ch- uh, Chavez. To throw a quinceanera for. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, which which one do you want to be familiar with? Let's um. What was that? Bring your bring your life through our quinceanera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then um, the people reading this book um ultimately then uh, as sort of a, a final uh, question, what would you um want them to take away from this book? I I really just want people to enjoy it personally. Like I, I as Kit said earlier, I think it is just an amazing story. Um, uh, you know, I mean, not that you said it was an amazing story, but that that it is. Besides anything political, like it's a really good story, and um, I I hope that they would really enjoy it. I I'm excited to show this to my nieces and to my family, and um, I would hope that anybody of color would see it and see themselves reflected. And um, one story I didn't tell was um, I think it's awesome that superheroes are so universal, um, but having seen my Latina nieces running around as Catwoman, Supergirl, and, you know, whoever else, Batgirl, um, I think that's awesome and super great. But that was another thing where I I was like, oh, wow, these are all white, very fair, skinned, uh, superheroes, and wouldn't it be awesome for them to have, and not just my nieces, but 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 everyone to have somebody that um, reflected them, that they could see themselves reflected in, and um, not just in how they look, although that's important, but also their home life, and you know when they take off the mask, things that they can relate to. So for me, um, it's that people would would see it and and um, see themselves reflected and be excited about that and about themselves. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I again, Sebastian, you're always smart and thoughtful. Like, I, I co-signed that completely. Um, and, and I guess if I, if I were going to add anything to it, I, I would say, um, uh, oh my God, I had, I had it in my head and then just like <laughs> flew out of my ear. Um, no, uh, just uh, uh, oh my gosh, I hate when that happens when like it feels like an idea <laughs> literally just like crawled out of your ear and just like crawled away somewhere. Um. And then you remember it later. Uh, yeah, at three in the morning, I'll call everyone back. I'll, I'll call them the conference line. I'll be like, you guys, I, I can't have it. Let's take a return. Uh, this is like so weird. Um, no, I, 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 I can't. Oh no, I, I know, I know. I was gonna say, I know, I know. It was, I, I, I know. I've got it, guys. Okay, so uh, in the wake of, in the wake of, um. Uh, the 2016 American presidential election, um, which a lot of people have uh, ambivalent or uh, upset feelings about the result of that election. Um, I, I am I am one of them. Um, uh, I saw like a day or two after after uh, the election results on on Facebook, um, people talking about Dumbledore's army and kind of like people going back to Harry Potter and like seeking great comfort in, um, you know this, uh, you know, a, a series that portrays this um, climate of fascism and intolerance and and how ordinary people, well, I mean, they're wizards, but like in the world of Harry Potter, they're ordinary, um, band together and um, and form resistance. And, 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 and even though Dumbledore's army is just like, you know, they're kids in the room of requirement, practicing defensive against the dark art skills. They're not learning in school like they should be. It's It's the best way in that moment that they can band together and and resist and um and defend themselves and defend the things they believe in. So um, in addition to to uh, just wanting the story to be really exciting and and just a wonderful read and something you would want to reread or something that like that would be so exciting for you to read that you want to recommend it to your friends, which is the highest compliment. Um, I, I guess I would hope that um, maybe for someone there's there's that reaction to there's um, the, you know, the post-presidential election going to Harry Potter. This like this uh, seeing something applicable in the comic um, that sort of can be, I don't know, like inspiring in, in, in your own life or you can just kind of hold on to or carry with you um, because that is one of the reasons we, 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 we keep making hero stories and keep reading and watching hero stories is because we, you know, need to be heroes in our real lives in ways big and small. And, um, and that can be incredibly difficult sometimes. Uh, it, it's, you know, I mean, to go back to Harry Potter, it's the choice, choice between what is right and what is easy. It's like, well, a lot of times you do want to do what's easy and the right thing is, mm-hmm. can be anything from kind of annoying to like feeling near impossible. But sometimes you read a story that really captures you and a character that captures you and, and you think about that, and it pushes, or for me anyway, it pushes you over the edge a little bit. You're like, well, I do want to be a part of Dumbledore's army, or I do want to be a Buffy, or I do want to be a Spider-Man. And you just, you choose what's right, not what's easy, because you've been so inspired and, and taken away by by this great hero story. And I guess, I mean, that's like, it's, you know, it's always dangerous to compare yourself to Harry Potter, and I'm, I'm doing that at all. But I think I was so inspired and moved by, um, by by how people have been been uh revisiting that story in this current climate and and I would hope that maybe 
there are some things in our story that are that um, the people could visit or revisit and take away something that was like truly meaningful and applicable to their daily lives. So, I, I, I guys, I figured it out. I remembered my answer. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I think I think I forgot it for a second because it was like it was like a multi-part thing. I had like kind of structured the parts in my head, and then like I I forgot the first part, and I was like, oh no, oh no, where'd the first part go? It's back. It's back. Anyway. <laughs> Terrific. Terrific. And Sebastian, just um, uh, where can everyone find the book, and um, uh, when will it be out in different formats, et cetera? Yes, um, so you can find us uh, at teensaycomic.com, um, and then you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash teensaycomic. That's uh, Q-U-I-N-C-E, comic. Um, and then we're also on Twitter, and uh, that handle is at Kinsey Comic. Uh, the, the first issue comes out January 15th, and each subsequent issue will come out the 15th of each following month. Um, and that's digitally on Comixology. But it's digital first. Uh, as I said, each installment comes out the 15th of every month. Um, and then the trade paperback will be out in October of this year. Uh, and that will collect all 15 issues uh, into the trade. And um, it's going to be beautiful. So please check it out. Yeah. Yes. And, and when you say on... Oh, sorry. I was just curious, when it's on uh, Comixology, it'll be available uh, in the English and Spanish versions? Oh, yes. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yes, it's going to be available in English and Spanish, uh, both versions, on the 15th of every month. So it'll be, uh, uh, whether you speak English or you speak Spanish or you want to share it with whoever, um, each version will be out the 15th of, of every month. Yeah. And when it's compiled and in then, the trade, is that going to be... I'm sorry. <laughs> will that be no, 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 in you're fine. Both? You're fine. I'll wait, I'll wait. Will that be in both English and Spanish in one trade or separate trades? Um, Right now, the trade is only scheduled to be in English, so we're going to see how it all goes, and ultimately that will be up to fan base uh, as our publisher, but currently Mm -hmm. it's only scheduled to be in English for for, uh, print. Okay, and Kit, go ahead, sorry. Oh, it's it's like a dumb thing. I'm not even sure it's like, well, whatever. Um, I was going to say that... um, in the summertime, we're doing two issues a month uh, because uh, January, October oh, yeah. is, you know, it's only 10 months. So we have a few months in between where we're doing twice a month. So we can so we can have all 15 issues out and compiled by uh, by October. And will those both issues be out on the 15th? Yep. Yes. Okay. So, so, so then in the summer, there'll be two issues out on the 15th. Exactly. Correct. Of yeah, like sort of all the months. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Good Fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time to the interview, and um, I look forward to reading more of the book. Yes, thank, thank you, you so for much. Having Thanks us. for having us. Thanks again. All right, and that's uh, that's a wrap. I also want to give a shout-out to Line by Line Posters and the artist and creator Mike Matola, handwritten prints in ink, at Etsy. You can find it at Etsy.com slash shop slash line by line posters. They're great posters featuring either music lyrics or script dialogue to form uh, incredible works of art. Uh, definitely check it out at line by line posters. Thank you. Oh, God. Zod.